When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, here goes nothing. Welcome to this live English lesson. We have a special guest, first time in a long time. Jamie, my wife, is with us. She is also a teacher. She is a PE teacher. We will get into what that is. And we are here for about an hour to answer your questions. But before we do that, let's say hello to a couple people. Maria is in the chat. She is going to be moderating as long as she is here. So we usually don't have a problem with comments. All nice people in here usually. Casey's here. Betty, what's going on? Harry, saw Audie in there a little earlier. Freddie Wolf is here. Diva. Divya is here. So welcome. Jamie. Would you like to say anything before we get started with questions? Um, I'll just say good morning. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here again on summer vacation. So it doesn't seem so rushed and like we have a million things to do today. So it's good to be here. Yeah, we basically don't have to work for the next, I don't know, two months or so. So I think we'll be cleaning the house a little bit. We'll be getting to all those things that we couldn't do before when it's so busy with school. A couple members left questions in the Discord before the stream started. So let's start out with one of their questions. I will pull it up on the screen. For everyone else, you can just leave your questions in the chat. We will do our best to get to those. First up, Anya. She is from Germany. She has been a channel member for a long time. And she said, hi, Jamie and Brent. I'm curious about what does PE include? Sorry if I keep hitting this microphone. Um, we use that term in the United States all the time. Oh, I'm a PE teacher. And people will know what that is. But if you're studying English, you might not know what that is. Does it mean only exercising in team sports? Is it mandatory? Let's do one question at a time. So the first one is, what does PE include? What does it mean? Um, so PE just stands for physical education. Um, kids from kindergarten to 12th grade are requir required to take it. When you're in high school, which is ninth grade to 12th grade, you really only have to have a year required. Um, some kids choose to take more of it if they really like it. Um, so PE just stands for physical education. And so you don't just do team sports. You could do individual sports. Yeah, we do um, team sports. We do things about nutrition and working out, um, explaining how to use certain weight machines in the weight room, different types of workouts that you can do. Um, we play a lot of games that are not just regular, like baseball, football. We do a lot of games that come from different countries that use those skills, but are not just your standard regular games we play in the United States. All right. And... As I hit the microphone again, 
Uh, you'll notice that Jamie speaks very quickly. So a lot of people like that because it really helps them with their English comprehension. So if you're watching this on replay, remember you can always slow us down if we're too fast. Now, you already answered this question, but I am going to restate it because you used a different term. Does it, oh, sorry, is it mandatory for every student? You answered this in a different way. You said required. Mm. And that's the great thing about the English language. Mandatory, required mean the same thing. So it is mandatory for your students, right? Yes. Every year? Every year, sixth through eighth grade, yep. All right. And, oh, what's the task of a PE teacher? I think you you answered that already, mm -hmm. right? And here's the other question from Anya. Uh, when you both studied, did you need to decide what age students you would like to teach? So for my certification, I'm automatically um, certified from kindergarten to 12th grade. So I can have every single grade <clears throat> while kids are in school. Um, that just is part of the program that I was in. Um, and then I didn't choose sixth to eighth grade. This was a job opening that came open when we moved here. There weren't very many job openings. I did teach high school in Alabama before um, we moved here. So I was ninth through 12th grade there. And then when we moved here, I'm a sixth through eighth grade um, PE teacher, which is about uh, 11 to 14 year olds. And I hit the microphone again. Um, for me, because I, I teach English, I can only teach upper levels, we call it. I can teach seventh graders, eighth graders, all the way up to 12th graders, but I cannot teach students who are younger. So, and Yawin is here. I saw her in here. Anya, we're answering your question. Welcome, welcome. Ah, so Maria says you speak fast, but super clear, which is good. But. Like I always say on the channel, it's good for you to listen to other teachers on YouTube, native English speakers, not just for English learners. So this might be this might be good for you. And I saw Ibrahim in the chat. Since Yawin is here, let's do her question next. She had oh, that's Danny's question. So Yawin is there. Let me remove this comment. And she says, May I ask Jamie? What do you do to avoid boredom during your long drive to commute to work? So Jamie has about 40 to 45 minutes in the car each way to work. So what do you do to avoid boredom on your long commutes? Well, I can make it in 35 minutes. So <laughs> um... We call that speeding in English and it's, uh, it's uh, illegal. But you've never gotten a ticket that I know of. No, no. Um, I actually, 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 I did get a ticket when I was pregnant with our first oh. child. Um, but the police officer that worked at my school went to court with me and spoke to the police officer that gave me the ticket, and I got out of it. So, did you? But, she, no. she said I got out of it, which means she didn't get in trouble for it. So mm -hmm. I got out of it. It's a good. Yeah. Good term to use. Just kind of put a guilt trip on me because he saw that I was pregnant and said I need to be really safe because I'm going to be a mom. So it was worth it. I didn't have to pay a big fine. Um, anyway, um, so I am a huge podcast listener. 
Brent actually turned me on to that. I don't know, like probably four years ago, maybe. I'm yeah. not sure. I've been listening to podcasts for a long time. I'm a huge uh, crime podcast person. I listen to uh, Crime Junkie, Dateline, um, uh, 2020, all those types of shows that are like really kind of short documentaries on people murdering each other. It's the only way I know how to put it, but I do listen to a lot of crime shows. Yeah, in English, you might hear that genre called true crime, mm. probably true crime. So, and they are very popular in the United States. Um, there's another question from Yawen, and she said, when we were both teaching and our children were young, so too young to go to school, who took care of them? Because they can't stay by themselves. So would you like to answer this one sure. or should I? doesn't matter. Um, we have a wonderful sister-in-law who um, took care of our kids while they were um, little. Um, she took them all day and Britt um, didn't work too far from where she lived. So he dropped them off and picked them up uh, or I picked up sometimes. So we were very, very lucky that our children did not have to attend daycare. Um, very lucky that's kind of a luxury in the United States if you don't have to send your kids to daycare, especially if you're a working parent. Um, they did attend preschool for a few hours each day. Um, um, and my daughter um, went every other day for two years, and then my son went every other day for one year. And then he actually got into a preschool lottery system where he went for half the day every single day. Um, except for Fridays. He had Fridays off. Um, so that kind of got him ready for school and he would just take the bus back to her house. So we were very lucky. Our mother-in-law, my mother-in-law, his mother also helped out quite a bit during that time. So I feel very fortunate that we didn't have to send them to daycare. Yeah. And she gave us a really good price. <laughs> daycare in the United States, maybe in your country too, is extremely expensive. Some people if they can stay home and not work, sometimes it's better because they're just working so much just to pay for daycare. So we were lucky. Our sister-in-law, shout out to Joanne. I don't think she watches the channel since she knows English very well, but she is originally from Canada, but the English speaking part of Canada. Her parents speak French mm -hmm. fluently. She speaks a little French. All right, let's get a couple questions from the chat, just in case there are questions. And our friend from Tajikistan says, please speak fast English. All right. Um, Luke from Poland says, okay, the most important is the fact that you have written something. So I think he is talking to someone in the chat, probably. Ibrahim, can you teach someone who knows no English? That is a good question. I think that's a very philosophical question. Can you teach anybody or do they have to be willing to be taught? Um, I will take this one. Um, I, don't, I don't know. And you have a lot of students who come to your school knowing zero English. Jamie, Jamie's school is more likely to have students who come there speaking no English. A couple months ago, we had at my school two students who came from Afghanistan with almost zero English. And now 
they know quite a bit. We call it immersion in English. So if you come to this country and you are younger and you hear English all day long in school, you pick it up very quickly. But can you teach someone who knows no English? I, I do it every day. I mean, I, we probably had 100 students come to us this year with no English. Um, I had five. And um, we have advisory in the morning where I meet with these kids every morning for a certain amount of time to get to know them. They have a teacher they can trust. Um, we use Google Translate a lot. They all spoke Portuguese. Um, and we just had one who came to us in October and she actually spoke at her graduation ceremony. Um, and her English has gotten so, I mean, so good, um, in just that short amount of time, but they are, um, in regular ed classes. They do have some uh, classes where they're learning English, but, um, they go to social studies, science, PE, band, chorus, drama, um, those are all classes that they just are put in with no help. They just have to do Google Translate or pick up on the English that they've learned. Um, and she's learned, a lot of my students have learned very, very quickly. They really don't have a choice. It's, it's how they are learning to survive. And Yeah, so I think, um, like Jamie said, it's if you're in that environment all day, it's going to be easier. The, the students will just pick it up. Now, their parents... That might be a different story. And I do think age has something to do with learning language. So, yeah, it's a, it's a very tough question. So I would say the answer is uh, it's complicated. But also the student has to be willing to learn. Yeah, we, I mean, our students definitely are willing to learn. I'll just touch on the parent part of it. So students are automatically um, eligible when they come to the United States to register and go to school. Um, from day one, they don't have to have a waiting period or anything. Their parents, however, there's a six month waiting period before they're eligible to actually work in the United States. So they don't really have that opportunity to learn English because they're not eligible to work or go to school yet. So um, the younger, the students have a easier time, I think, because of that too. Well said. I was just laughing at what uh, Fayez said here. Fayez, I believe is from Turkey, right? So when Jamie is here, I want to ask her is, oh, I don't even, even know if I should say that word, right? No, okay, okay. Dog on it. Dog on it. Is dog on it offensive? And how common is it? As far as I know, that word is used in the South. So dog on it. Is that offensive? It's not offensive. Um, that's people in the South use that versus then using a swear. Yeah. So no, definitely not offensive. Um, I mean, it's don't say it. I've, I've never said it. No, I think. doggone it. No, I don't think so. Uh, you're more likely to hear probably, ah, oh, darn it, which is not a swear word either. So yeah, good question. Oh gosh. Apple, the frog. This one hits close to home for me. This, uh, what's the difference between overweight and fat? I think overweight is a little nicer to say. I mean, I don't know how you can tell anyone without being offensive that they could lose a little weight. But if you have to choose between the two, like your doctor, okay, the do your doctor, when you go to your doctor, they are probably a person that should tell you, 
you're a little heavy. You're a little overweight. So that's a lot better than, hey, you're fat. You need to lose some weight. So fat, offensive. If your doctor tells you they're, that you're overweight, it's probably a little more respectful. Hmm. Any thoughts on that? Um, I, we, we don't just, I know I'm a PE teacher and we talk about health and nutrition, uh, but we, um, we don't really use, we, we don't use those words at all in middle school. It's not my place. Childhood obesity. Mm. That's a, that's a hot topic right now with students being on their screens or their devices so much childhood obesity. You might hear that obesity is another noun for just people being heavy. There is a little corner of this desk that I keep hitting. I'm so sorry. All right. The next one, Ibrahim, this is a comment. Uh, yeah, absolutely. The students should be willing to learn. You can't force someone to learn something. I totally agree. Uh, what does doggone it mean? I think this might be older, but it's like, darn it, doggone it. It's just, I don't think it means anything really. All right. Ario. Okay. Ario has a question from Indonesia. Glad to see you, Ario. Miss Jamie, are you learning a second language? I know Mr. Brent learns Italian. I was feeling very guilty this morning. I'm just giving Jamie some time to process the answer. Um, I have not studied my Italian for about two weeks. It's been very busy with the end of the year, but what do you think, Jamie? Um, no, I mean, I, I was trying to learn Spanish during COVID and I was doing really well. Um, it was very hard for me. I had a hard, very hard time with Spanish just because of the, um, I think it's the verbs, yeah. uh, it, how they speak versus how we speak where words are placed in a sentence. It's very hard. I do know like some words that I use with my students in Spanish. Uh, I do know a couple of Portuguese words for like bathroom, uh, cafeteria, things like that. So I can just say one word to them when I need to tell them where to go. Um, but no, I'm not nearly, I should, I should, I really should. I really should fo focus on Portuguese because we're getting a lot of Portuguese students next year as well. So so Jamie does a lot of activities after school. She's the athletic director at her school. So she's in charge of all the sports. She coaches track. So there are a lot of days where she doesn't get home until eight o'clock at night. And we have two kids. So it's really hard to carve out that little bit of time to learn a language. I love doing it. It's a hobby for me. But, you know, when you know English and every day you're speaking English and you're watching movies in English, it's, it's kind of mm -hmm. hard to fit that in, find a purpose. All right. Uh, Freddie Wolf from France has a question. What kind of PE do you teach? Can students choose between a bunch of sports? What kind of choice do they have at school? So we always have a choice of uh, team sport or a fitness activity, just because some kids really, really enjoy sports and some kids really want to focus on the fitness. Sometimes they really like the games that we're playing and choose to do them. Other times they don't. So they um, participate in the weight room um, and things like that. We play games like, I don't, Danish rounders. It's not from the United States. Um, we play chook ball, which is also not from the United States. Um, a kickball, we do, um, ultimate Frisbee, ultimate football. 
Um, we do a baseball like game that has a baseball skills, but it's um, has different rules for the base running. Um, so we do those types of games. We play a lot of four square. We have a lot of four square tournaments. The kids really love four square. Um, I made up a game called Watson ball. It's a soccer game and basketball game together. So we, I just, we try to do things that are different like that. So we're not playing typical United States sports games. All right. Um, Dennis has the question here. It's a good question. Um, any difference between the nouns scent and smell? First thoughts, Jamie, or I, I have, I have a thought. I don't know if it's exactly correct, but a scent is always used in a good way. Scent is always good. Like, oh, that candle has a nice scent. Smell, and Dennis said um, the nouns, but of course, smell can be a verb. You could smell this microphone. It doesn't really smell like anything, but you could actually smell as a verb. But um, let's say you walk into a room and it doesn't smell very good. You wouldn't say, oh, what's that scent? You would say, what's that smell? So I guess a quick answer, unless Jamie can add anything, scent is always good. Smell could go both ways. It could be something that's bad, or you could say, oh, that candle smells really good. What's the scent? So I guess I used smell as a verb there, but we can use smell as a, as a noun. Any thoughts on that? I wouldn't say a scent is always good. Like oh. some, sometimes you don't like a scent of a perfume or our body spray or a body lotion or a body wash. So that is true. Sometimes people say, I don't like that scent. I prefer this scent over that like fruity scents or fruity. Well, I guess you wouldn't say scents. That's not true. Mm. I prefer a fruity scent over a flower scent or a flower smell over a fruity smell. Yeah. So I guess scents can be used in a bad way sometimes. Ooh. I don't, I don't like that scent. You could yeah. say that when you're in a, a store where they're selling perfume. Yeah. Good call. So I hope that helps. I'm not sure if we answered that really well. <laughs> English is weird, isn't it? All right. Uh, Natalia has a great question about fat camps. Um, I, I heard of fat camps mm -hmm. in the United States. Like when we were kids back in the eighties, somebody might get sent off to fat camp. I don't know if that was just a movie thing. Did you know anybody growing up that got sent to fat camp? I didn't know anybody growing up, but I think like MTV had a reality show about kids going away to fat camp. I, I don't think that they are too common in the U.S. anymore. I haven't heard of them. I don't know. I mean, I think it's I think it's a I think it's a way to introduce kids to healthy food, maybe being active. Um, especially if their parents work. So that was kind of like, like we send a lot of kids to summer camp. Our daughter's working at a summer camp um, or it's like recreational camps just to keep kids busy while their parents are at school and they're too old for daycare. So um, that's, I think it was kind of what, and, and I mean, they did focus on losing weight. I remember watching, it was terrible watching kids getting weight on camera and it was awful. Whose so, parents would sign them up for that? They just needed money or yeah. fame or so I don't, I mean, if I wanted to send somebody to fat camp, I don't think I could, right? I don't think we could look up a fat camp. I mean, I don't know. I don't think so. I would not suggest sending your child to <laughs> no. a fat camp. No, we're maybe a little bit more politically correct in the United States where we're just, like Jamie said, hey, like 
get away from the screens. Some summer camps don't allow technology. Yeah, when they get dropped off, their parents drop them off, they can't have a phone. Well, they have to sneak a phone. Maybe they have one in their pocket and they don't tell anyone. All right, let's see. Shea, I haven't answered. I haven't read this, so hopefully it's a, it's a good question we can answer. All right, if I want to say the topic of the questions in English, what do I write uh, for, for English or in English? So if you're taking a class, and I would say for English, that's the preposition I would use. Like, oh, I have to do an assignment for English. So that's how you would refer to the class. But then you might say, I need to write it in English. I need to write my paper in English. Oh, this is so difficult. Mm -hmm. So if you're in the class, though, you would say, I am going to finish my essay in English class. All right, I'll use a couple more examples. Oh, you have an assignment tonight? What's it for? Oh, it's for English class. Where are you going to complete it? I'm going to complete it in English class. It's probably not wise. You probably want to do your homework before you get to class. Although I have seen a lot of students finishing up their homework in class. Their grade is usually not as good. I, I, hope, uh, I hope that helps, Shea. A uh, quick one here from Ibrahim. He said, have you seen the movie? I can't find it now. Um, but Social Dilemma? No. I have not. Mm-hmm. I have not. All right. Let's try to find someone here that we haven't. Oh, we have another channel member that has a question. Let's. Danny has a question here. And we'll remove this if I can. Comment. All right. Danny's question. Thank you so much. If you would like to become a channel member, there's probably a link in the description. We have a Discord server. We talk in there daily. Question. Hey, Brent and Jamie. I have a question. There's a topic I'm always a bit confused about. People talk about flower in general. If you look at the way that is spelled, F-L-O-U-R, that is what you cook with. That is what you might, might make a cake out of. So right there, we know this is some kind of food. And when it comes to being more specific, they talk about meal. Meal, meaning eating food. I really don't get it. Flour, oatmeal, whole meal. Thank you. Yeah, that can be pretty confusing. We have things like cornmeal. Think of that as like a basic ingredient for cooking. Milk, eggs, cornmeal, flour. These are the basics that you need to cook something from scratch, we might say. But if you're talking about oatmeal, that's what a lot of Americans have for breakfast. Mm -hmm. So it's probably made from oats, a very basic ingredient, cornmeal. But most people probably eat three meals a day. So they're very different the way we use meal. But yeah, that's how we use it. It's probably because like you use oats to make a meal. So they combine those two together. You use corn to make a meal. So yeah, and cornmeal, you'll make uh, cornbread out of cornmeal but but it is it is odd 
English. The good thing about English, like poets love English, um, musicians love English, because you can express yourself in so many different ways. Unfortunately, it can be confusing because of that. I'm glad I'm a native English speaker. I'm glad I don't have to learn English. So tough. All right. So thank you, Danny. Thank you, Yawin. Thank you, Anya. Let's see. Who else is here? Betty Lou, how are you? She is saying hello to... Oh, and Betty Lou has an English interview coming up, I think, on Monday. So good luck, Betty. She is also a channel member. Apple the Frog. He's about 16 from (laughs) Thailand, I believe. Uh, Flower and flower. Do they sound the same? 100%. Yes. We would call them homophones. Words that are spelled the same. Sorry. Words that sound the same, but are spelled differently. All right. And Anya is keeping her fingers crossed for Betty. I'm not sure if that's what you do in your country for good luck, but you might say that in the United States. Hey, fingers crossed. Good luck. All right, here's a question. Um, So this is for both of us. Have you ever visited Kerala? I'm probably saying that wrong. It's situated in the southwest coastal state of India. No. No, I do want to travel quite a bit around the world, but guess what? India scares me. There are so many people. I see so much traffic. Some places I see cows in the street. I would be nervous. I would be nervous. Yeah. So I might have to work my way up to India. And I know India is so big and so many different states and the South and the North and the East and the West. But I do watch Carl Rock and he visits India and Pakistan a lot. And some videos that I watch, I would like to go there. We have a cough button, but I didn't hit it. And I, last time I hit the cough button, it disconnected the, so maybe I'd better not do that. (laughs) If I could go to India just for the food, I love Indian food. Love Love Indian food. And unfortunately, I'm the only one in my family who likes Indian food. So when I eat food from India, I'm often doing it alone. But I think Audie is here. From We both love Thai food. Mm. Thai food. All right. Maria. It's cold and allergy season where we're at, so... Uh, I have a question related to food. Good. We we like food. Um, Do you call that special type of milk vegetable milk, which may be made of almonds, coconuts? Okay. Uh, Would you like to take this one? Sure. We just call it almond milk or coconut milk. We call it what it is, not vegetables. So the the easiest, um, I'm glad I can say something is actually easy in English. Yes. Like Jamie said, whatever it's made from, we just call it that. Um, Oat milk. Like you said, almond milk. Goat milk. Goat milk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's 
One of the easiest mm-hmm. things in English. Yeah, and we do have a lot of different milks, um, just like I'm sure you do, but we just call it like it is. Yeah. All right. You should. Wa- I should watch. Uh, when, I should watch Fluffy Goes to India. I will watch that. I will watch that. Okay, Manuel. This is a very good question because uh, at least my daughter just experienced this. I think our son did too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I don't understand why the upset with I don't understand the obsession with final exams for passing by levels. Once again, every day, get started fresh. We can think again about it. Relax. Um, even so, you need uh, I don't know that word right there. Tituli. I'm sorry. Stop thinking. Yeah. So I guess the question: What is the obsession with final exams? Any idea, Jamie? I think they're just making sure you didn't forget everything that they've taught you. It's an overview. Um, when I was in high school, I didn't have to take many exams because if you had a certain grade, you could not take them. Um, or if you um, had a C, but you didn't miss a single day of class, you didn't have to take them either. So it was kind of either or. But our our children both each just had an exam in every single class. But our daughter had a project for a class um, that she did. Um, but they had a final in every single class. Yeah, and that's a, that's a whole. We could get in. I don't want to probably get into that, but the the teaching aspect. It's like with everything online now, do you really need to take an exam where you have to memorize or should you do a project where you can incorporate everything you've learned? You know, mm-hmm. high stakes exams are, are a little tough for me because. Some people aren't great test takers. Um, they tend to get anxious or overthink or, spend too much time, especially if it's a timed exam. So. Yeah. Education is definitely changing. It's a lot that we've both been in education for over 20 years and with technology now uh, it's so different now than when we first started teaching. And I don't know, some teachers need to change their ways. I think almond water. I've never heard. Have you heard? No, I've only heard of coconut water. Oh, coconut water. Yeah. Yeah, Maria, it's as simple as that. All right, Natalia, food question. I like these food questions. I wonder, what's the word for Dutch's potatoes? I don't know. It's the other word. Is it Dutch potatoes? Those little fried balls made from potato. Do you eat it? That's one thing that um, in the United States, you will find different names for potatoes. Um, that almost sounds like a new potato to me. So mm-hmm. we have these it's new N-E-W. Those are smaller red potatoes. I, honestly, I've never heard of Dutch potatoes. But we have um, things like hash browns where it's shredded potato and fried. Um, but hash browns can be called other things other parts of the country right mm-hmm. what is it um oh in our country yeah hash browns. hash browns um so we do have potatoes that are in squares um home fries oh thank you yep. home fries so they're a little bit different from hash browns 
They're yeah. just potatoes cut in squares and fried. Yeah, thanks. I couldn't think of that. Yeah, hash browns and um, home fries. Probably a few others too, but. All right. I did use this term earlier, from scratch. Oh, it's confusing. Um, from scratch. Ooh, and from the ground up. Mm. Let me think about that one for a second. So if you are cooking something from scratch, that means you take a lot of basic ingredients and you will make something. For example, if you were baking a cake and making it from scratch, you would not use a box mixture. You might hear that sometimes. Cake from a box, you would use all the ingredients you have at home. Eggs, milk, sugar, flour. That's making the cake from scratch. We wouldn't use that from from the ground up, we wouldn't use that for food, right? Yeah. Okay. So what about a business though? If somebody started a business from the ground up, that would mean they started with nothing. Maybe they had to get a loan for the business for the money. And we could say they built it from the ground up. Any other nope. uses? Perfect. Okay. So yeah, that usually from scratch is for food. From the ground up would be for other things. You also might hear grassroots. Grassroots? That means from scratch. Uh, that means from the ground up. Um, Call it a grassroots effort. Yeah. Like a lot of people are putting in their time, usually for free, um, donating their time, volunteering their time. Exactly. So maybe a neighborhood wanted to start a food kitchen and all the neighborhood got together grassroots effort there wasn't a, a big business involved the people did it themselves hope that helps hope that helps all right harry for both of you harry's from indonesia also a channel member what would you do if your students don't do their homework are you going to punish them if so what kind of punishment good question mm -hmm. i don't give a ton of homework um, I do know, like in my school, we have a policy, we have a homework club after school. So if you're not doing your homework or your, even your classwork in, in class, you are required to stay after school, um, with a teacher, um, and complete your work there. Um, for me, I do, like Brent said, I'm in charge of sports at my school. Um, grades are a part of your eligibility or you being able to participate in sports. So if you aren't doing your work, um, excuse me, if you aren't doing your work, that could lead to you being like on probation where you could not go to your games or not participate in practice or games. So that can kind of in the middle school that that also has an effect on your what we call extracurricular activities. Yeah, at my school, there really isn't a lot that we can do to punish students for not doing their work. That's up to the parents. So it's my responsibility to teach the material. I also have to put grades in to this online grade book. And it's the parent's responsibility to look at those grades because we really can't punish them at school. Like Jamie said, maybe they can't participate in some sports. But also at my school, there have been um, special cases where a student wasn't doing so well at school, but they came every day 
to play a sport. So that sport wasn't taken away from them. It's, it's really tough. But my short answer is it's up to the parents. We used to keep students after school. We used to keep them inside for recess. And our, our, our boss said we can't do that anymore. So I guess it's up to the parents. Hey, um, I discovered you from Bob the Canadian. Nice. Big fan of Bob the Canadian. Huge fan. Kashmir is in the house. I would love to visit Kashmir one day. I would love to visit the border of India and Pakistan. I've seen when the guard changes there. It looks amazing. I would love that. All right. Gopi, how can I learn the American accent? Hmm. I have thoughts on this. Do you have any thoughts? I don't. All right. Um, I always say keep your accent. I mean, that makes you unique. Uh, right before we came on, I was listening to an Italian band and they all had Italian accents. And I thought, oh, that's so cool. So I think people like to hear accents most of the time. Um, don't be embarrassed by your accent. Uh, make sure that you are clear. But I would say keep that accent. If not, you know, you can always do your best to to fake it. Like some Americans, I'm not going to do it right now, but sometimes I fake having a British accent. I think that's a cool accent. So you could always watch American movies, watch us. We're both speaking with an American accent and try to copy the way we speak. But I would encourage you to keep your own accent. Just be clear, you know. Hope that helps. Hope that helps. Ooh. Cecilia's here from Argentina. One of the very first subscribers to this channel. Ibrahim and Cecilia. I think two of the very first subscribers. Great to see you in here. All right. Mada. What's the difference between picks, pick, and snapshot? Thank you very much. This could be an easy one. Mm -hmm. Jamie, do you have thoughts? Um, we, picks, I think, is used when you're talking about pixels. We don't really use that for uh, like a picture. Pick is just shortened for the word picture. Um, like especially when you're typing, um, like my kids, if I'm at the grocery store and I'm, wanna sh I'm asking if they want something, they're like, send me a pick. And they just put PIC. Snapshot is just like, it's really like a quick picture. I it's just so. a, you know, sometimes we, um, trying to think how we use it, not in the picture form. It's just a snapshot of. Yeah. Maybe like where your finals at school, mm -hmm. um, your teacher may say, Hey, show me a snapshot of your work this quarter. And it's just a real quick uh, summary of what you've done. Or if a parent comes in, Hey, just let me give you a snapshot of what they've been doing in class. So sometimes it's a summary, um, but either way, if you say that to an American, like, hey, do you want to look at my pics? Hey, can I take a pic? Um, can I take a snapshot of you? We're going to know what you're saying. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's pretty much pretty much the same, I guess. But yeah, pics is not, especially with the X. Mm -hmm. That's mostly like Jamie said with pixels. Pixels are the very small parts of an image. 
It's what we say in English. Um, we say pixelated sometimes if something is blurry. If the internet connection isn't very good, we might say it's pixelated. Uh, any other thoughts? Mm-hmm. Ah, good question. Good question. Uh, fake it until you make it. That's, uh, that's, that's what we do every day sometimes, right? Fake it until you make it. Accent does not matter. What matters is good pronunciation. Very wise. I, I, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. Ario, please do a collaboration with Mr. Bob online. I would love to. We have talked in the past. Uh, we were going to do one last, last summer. Uh, we were both just too busy. We live about six hours apart. So uh, maybe. let Ask him if he wants to do a, a collaboration with me. Uh, we've been meaning to, but... And now would be a good time for us to do it. Uh, he has appeared on this channel, though. We did eat ice cream. He sent a video uh, a couple of years ago. We did an ice cream video. You can check that out. Uh, uh, Man- uh, Manuel lives in a beautiful part of Spain, like I think on a on the coast mm-hmm. or like or on an island, right, Manuel? I think he's he sent pictures. It looks beautiful. All right, let me give my opinion. In Spain, there are a massive problem about it. Children punishment even could excuse for a government. Oh, yeah, we we definitely have to be careful of uh, a child's mental health for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. So, you know, it's so weird. Sometimes in the United States, I think some children should be punished more. Um, You know, they some kids get away with too much. And then, yeah, other it's it's hard Mm -hmm. parenting. Any of the parents, they know it's the most difficult job you'll ever have there's no right way to do it there are a lot of wrong ways to do it but yeah, there's no one right way to do it all right we are welcome in cashmere i would love i would love it cashmere is not as busy is it as other parts of india like delhi delhi scares me i know cashmere is up in the north all right great question maria great great question here how do you call restaurants which are not fast food restaurants and where you sit at a table and a server takes your order. Yeah. I think we call them sit down restaurants. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least in our part of the United States, we would say, do you want to go to a restaurant like sit down where you have to leave a tip? Should we go to a sit down restaurant or just get something quick? Yeah. A sit down restaurant. Good question. All right. Let's see. Uh, to give him a one-man show, can you help me understand this? Um, no. The only thing I can think of is um, if you if the first time I hear a one-man show or a one-woman show, I picture a person on a stage, and they are the only actor um, for that play. So sometimes people will have a one man show or a one woman show like off Broadway. Yeah. Sometimes when you're doing say, I use Brim for example, if he's like working on a car, 
car or like working in the yard, cutting the grass. And I'll be like, Oh, or all of our family, we're going to help you with that. And he was like, no, this is a one man job or a one man show. Meaning he doesn't want any help. He just wants to do it himself. Or sometimes when Jamie and I go to the grocery store to get groceries and we're loading the groceries Mm -hmm. into the car. Yeah. Sometimes that's a one man show or a one woman show. It's just like, there's not enough room. Yeah. Good Mm -hmm. point. Yeah. I hope that helps. But it's not a very common, mm-hmm. it's not a very common saying. So, uh, manual. Okay. It's currently happening there. But where you live is so beautiful, right? Simple question. Are your students allowed to sleep at school for a while, Ariel? Um, I think it really just depends on the situation. Some kids, um, unfortunately don't have the best home life and there's a lot of chaos and things that happen late at night in their homes so where they may not get a lot of sleep. Um, we do have a place in our nurse's office where kids can go sleep. Um, it just, I think it really depends on the situation. Now, if a kid has stayed up playing video games all night, I will knock on a desk and, you know, wake them up, but um, unfortunately we've talked about, you know, the mental health, sometimes kids just need to sleep. Yeah, it's a tough one. I, I probably won't wake a kid up if they're sleeping. All of my, uh, lessons are recorded so they could, if they wanted to go back home and watch it, they probably won't. They'll probably play video games instead. But, uh, I did have a couple sleepers this year in class and, I mean, they always got their work done. The couple I'm thinking of, oh, one kid was really pretty bad. Like he, he didn't come to class a lot. And when he was there, if he would fall asleep, I'd be like, yes, thank you. <laughs> he, wasn't, he wasn't that bad. But it was, he, not in my class, he wasn't bad. But when he was sleeping, it was like, yeah, it's all right. Yeah, just he's not going to bug anybody. Uh, let's see here. I don't think this is a question. Oh, okay. Okay. Discipline is everything. How do you punish bullies at school? Bullying is a global problem. I would agree. How do you combat bullying? Please share your experience. That's a good question. Mm. Would you like to, um, to start? I'll, I'll, I got, I'll start while you think. Um, we do sometimes have something called cyberbullying, which is a big problem. And that is when students will get on social media, Instagram, Snapchat, say bad things about another student. Usually that is not anything the school can deal with, but we do have police officers that will come into the school and they will deal with it. So yeah, it can get pretty bad. Anytime I see any kind of bullying, I step in. And I stop it right there. Um, this year, I'm lucky that the physical bullying, I have, I did not have to deal with. But in years past, I will just get step right in between them. And, and, and you can tell bullying from, from a mile away. You know, we've been teaching long enough. And it's usually one kid, we might say cowering, you know, looking a little bit smaller. So I have no problem stepping in front of a kid that's bullying another kid. That's one thing I do not put up with. 
Yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't agree with like embarrassing another another child, but if a bully is doing bully a bully is doing something to another kid, I'm huge on calling them out, even if it's embarrassing them, um, and just calling it what it is. And I, a lot of times, I don't even allow them to stay in my class if something's happening. Um, so, and it is it is a problem. Yeah, sometimes in the United States, we don't handle it very well. A lot of times the bullying happens away from what adults can see or off campus. And we don't we can't really deal with things that are happening off campus unless it's something happening with a school issued device like a computer, an iPad, things like that. Um, that's when we can step in. Um, some of some students that I have have actually had restraining orders against each other and their families have had restraining orders, meaning they can't have any contact or they have to be a certain um, feet away from each other. So they couldn't even be in class together. Um, so like, it's a little bit tricky, especially at a school, but especially at a middle school um, technology. Um, somebody gave you a very nice, Oh, Leticia, she's from Brazil. She said, your hair is so beautiful. Thank you. I agree. Uh, let's see. Nerdy. Nerdy. Hmm. What does that word actually mean? James, thank you for the question. Would you like to take this one? I mean, it just, I mean, it just really kind of what it is. It's just a, an extension of the word nerd. It's, I mean, I guess it's a, what do you call it? A verb? I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. It's an adjective describing someone nerdy. Right. Yeah. The nerd, that's a noun. Nerdy is an adjective. Usually means they study a lot. They read a lot. It's not actually a great term because if you read a lot, that's really good. Um, some kids that make good grades will call themselves nerdy just because they're always focused on their grades and they tend to not do other things. Um, maybe sometimes how they dress, wear their glasses. They could be called nerdy. Yeah. And uh, when we were when we were kids, nerds, that was bad. That was bad to be called a nerd. And now some people just accept it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm a nerd for Marvel things. Anything Marvel, Spider-Man. I just watched uh, Ms. Marvel. And um, some people are like, ah, that's nerdy. Like, I don't care. I like it. So it's a term that sometimes is used and people don't care. It's like, yeah, so what? I'm nerdy about that. Yeah. It's all good. Wait, Apple. Yeah. We have a lot of questions. I didn't answer it. Put it in again. I'm just trying to go through all of the questions here. We might miss a couple. Sorry. Miho, simple question. Is it simple? I don't know. Miho, this is pretty tough. Hope and wish. What kind of situation should I use that in? Is there, are those interchangeable? Can you use hope and wish? I think so. Um, but in some, like, they're not like, um, I mean, kind of like, we, like we use wish, like a birthday wish. Like, what is your wish for the year? Like, um, I wish I would win the lottery. Like you're just, you're not hopeful, but it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a far reach type of thing. Wishes or hopes or things that could probably become more of a reality. Like our hope yes. is to visit Italy in the next five years um, where I, I wish I could go to Italy tomorrow when I know that can't happen. That's great. That's a great explanation. Um, I was thinking of like somebody playing some loud music. Okay. 
And you might say, I wish you would stop that. Mm. There's a little bit more intent there. Like I could make you stop playing that music or, oh, I hope you stop playing that music. Like Jamie said, there's a, the hope you're not as sure that it's going to happen. Yeah. Like I, I hope they, I hope they stop playing that loud music. Yeah. You don't have as much control, but I mean, it's very small. If you like, man, I hope I get an A on the English test. Oh, I wish I get an A on that English test. Sometimes they can be, they're mm -hmm. so close. But I think Jamie did a great job of like, hope you don't have as much control. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tough questions today. Tough questions. All right. Golden Eagle 99. Maybe irrelevant, but if you were to prefer to become a native speaker of another language, which would it be? If you were from another country, where would you wish? Ooh. Great question. Oh, I love this question. And I hit the microphone. Uh, man, Jamie, did you want to go first or? I, I'm just, I would definitely say Spanish. Um, Portuguese and Spanish and French are kind of all like, I, I think if I knew Spanish well, I'd be able to communicate with a, a lot of students at my school. Um, it would be so helpful to know Spanish for me. Um, and places I want to visit, I would definitely use that. Yeah, geez, I'm still thinking. Um, my first thought was Spanish because it's it's such a common language. But now my next thought is Spanish and English are pretty close. Like I I could learn Spanish or I could learn Italian. But what if I pick something that's so different? Okay, I got it. If I could just know another language, it would be Arabic. Arabic. Because it's so different from English, but I think I could learn other languages if I knew English and Arabic. And Arabic is so widely spoken too. So, oh, it's a tough one. Mm. I was thinking Turkish, or I was thinking Russian, because Russian is connected to so many countries. Something just very different from English. So I'm gonna have to go Arabic. Um, I was thinking, did you answer uh, the other question about where you? Would you like to be from? Mm, I've never really. I love Italy. I love Brazil. Just somewhere where the water is very, very blue and it's warm and sunny and tropical drinks. Mm. It doesn't take much for me. Man, yeah, that's a tough one. Another country I was from. Um, I would say Japan. Oh, Japanese would be a good one too, though. Um, I heard Japan had one of the strongest passports. So you could visit more countries without a visa. So I still, I would not want to trade my American citizenship. I want to keep that. But if I could be from also Japan, oh no, but I would be living in Japan speaking Arabic. I need to rethink this. I need to rethink this. Good question though. And I would love to hear if anybody wants to put in the, the chat, what other language besides English in your own that you would like to just like, just know, snap your fingers, native speaker, Arabic, Japanese, Korean, tough one, tough one. Look at that. So 
couple native <laughs> Spanish speakers, a couple native. It's just, it's hard. The, um, uh, the male, female, like you're making sure you're using those past tense. Um, when I was doing um, Duolingo with it, I just had a really, really, I had a very hard time. With, that was the, that was the hardest for me. Persian is a good one. Mm -hmm. I would love to visit Iran one day. Persian. And I heard for native English speakers, Persian would be easier for us to learn than Arabic, but might not be. Ah, Cecilia, also learning Russian. Yeah, the Cyrillic language, uh, sorry, the Cyrillic alphabet is not that tough. It looks a lot different from English, but once you get it, and I'm still working on it, um, it's not too bad. Ah. Maria says, my uncle, the one who lives in San Francisco, is studying Italian too. Yeah, Italian and, and English, they're very close, Spanish and English, compared to like Japanese or Persian or very tough. Wait, what? Dennis? So he said he was a native Russian speaker. Yep. But he lives in the Netherlands. Hmm. Master Dutch. Yeah, I've heard Dutch and English not that far apart. All right. Yes. Golden Eagle, thank you for answering the question, uh, for asking the question. James, I love your live lessons sometimes, but I am so busy. Yeah, um, I try to do this when the most people are on, but the replays are always good. I know it's hard to do a time when it's good for everyone. I know it's really late in Asia, really early in like Brazil, if you're, you don't get up early. Hopefully in Europe, it's okay for you. Yeah, Natalia says, I love the Italian accent and the uh, art culture. Yeah, I watched a video this week on Florence. Beautiful city, beautiful city. Um, Indonesian, the easiest language in the world. Now, I have heard that Indonesian isn't so bad because of the verb tenses. I think there are fewer verb tenses in Indonesia. So, oh, Leticia, we have a super sticker from Leticia in Brazil. Thank you. Thank you so much. Got a little something for you. Where is it? Where is it here? Oh, thank you so much for the super chat. Leticia, thank you very much. And uh, we also, Brazil is high on the list mm -hmm. for countries to visit. I think it's Italy, Brazil. I might go to some countries by myself that uh, Jamie's not big uh, on. Pakistan would be great. Pakistan would be great. But let's see. I don't think anybody is watching from Pakistan right now. All right, the question from Freddie after English, which language comes next in the U.S.? That's, that's an easy one. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Spanish. Yeah. A lot of times when you go to the United States, you will actually see Spanish written. And if you go to southern states like Texas, Florida, even southern California and Arizona, a lot of Spanish is spoken. In fact, there are some Americans who are native Spanish speakers. So Spanish would definitely be second. Third, I'm not sure. It's probably a distant third, the next most common language. Could be French. It could be French. Could yeah. be French. 
Good question. What's that? It is. We have been here for an hour. We've been here for an hour. Elena, you have a lot of cool videos. Thank you. But few subscribers compared to Bob the Canadian. Yes, please subscribe. Uh, why do you think that is? I'm a fan of both of you. I'm sorry for you. Yeah, I'm sorry for me too. Um, yeah, the YouTube algorithm is a crazy thing. But sometimes when channels get to about 10,000 subscribers, they will shoot up quickly. I've been on uh, YouTube for a little over two years. And Bob the Canadian has been on YouTube for a little over five years. So maybe that has something to do with it. And maybe Bob's Bob the Canadian is just amazing. So he's he's probably better than I am. That's why he has more subscribers. I watch I watch Bob the Canadian more than I watch myself. But now I'm a huge fan of Bob the Canadian. But thanks for noticing. <laughs> uh, it, it may turn around. I don't know. Uh, sir, is it possible to speak English without phrasal verbs? I do think it is possible. You just won't sound as much like a native, but I think you'll be understood. You know, if your accent is clear, I think it is possible. We just use them so much. Hey, I'm going to go gas up the car. Gas up? That's a verb? Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, but yeah, and I will do some more lessons this summer using phrasal verbs. Mm. Can you share a fancy schmancy word that you like? Mm. How about invigorate? That's a good thing. Invigorate. You don't like that one, Jamie? I can tell <laughs> I by your face. <laughs> well, that was the first thing that I was trying to, so you could think I was trying to come up with a bad one. And then when you say yours... I'll come up with a better one, but invigorate. So maybe teachers right now who are on summer vacation, they feel invigorated. It means they have new energy that they didn't have during the school year. That's a very, it's a tough question. Mm. It's a good question, but it's tough. Fancy, fancy schmancy. We don't use fancy. I don't use fancy words mm. when I'm talking. Um, I don't know. My word's not so bad anymore. No, Invigorate. it's very good. It's very good. Um, man. I don't know. Okay. We'll stick with invigorate. Yeah. I can't think of another one. But, yeah. But there are a lot of times when I'm speaking to friends and I try to sound smart, uh, but I say, oh, I couldn't say that on the channel because it is a, a unique word. It's a, a niche word. It's not one that everybody uses. Mm. Yeah. All right, but it, it's good to sound fancy sometimes. Hala, hi teacher. Brent, thank you for your helpful lessons. Thank you for watching. I love watching your videos and I hope we can meet in America. Yeah, the, pro the problem with where we live in the United States, it's not close to anything. Like if you come visit, you're just coming to see me. We don't live near New York or Chicago it's nice. Maine is nice in the summer, but not next to anything you really know. Oh, gosh. James, sir, how many phrasal verbs are there? Like, I would say we invent phrasal verbs every day. 
we will often just stick up at the end of a verb like hey eat up we're, we're, we're about to leave i mean we just there are so many think of a verb and think of another preposition a lot of times they will work so i might say infinite is that is that a fancy schmancy mm-hmm. word meaning there is no number you can't count it infinite all right Ooh, I read somewhere that American English is nearer to ancestral English than British. British English developed later among the high class and spread across all the country. What do you think? I don't know. I've heard that if we talk about Shakespearean English or Elizabethan English, the English of Shakespeare, that it sounds a lot like southern american english and when i say southern american i mean texas alabama mississippi the southern part of the united states so i've heard that but i don't i can't verify that oh the road trip videos i loved making those thank you i went from maine to north carolina four parts i loved making those i'll have to do a road trip but Mm. Uh, Because I was thinking of this, maybe next summer we'll have to fly to somewhere because we'd still have to start in the same place. Yeah. Fly, then do a road trip. But that's when we hit 100,000 subscribers, maybe. All right. Spammed. Apple spamming the chat. It's okay. That's all right. Yeah. Please stop generating phrasal verbs. Okay. Stop generating. Yeah. English speakers are making them up. With reckless abandon. That's another fancy schmancy word. Yeah, if if you're doing it with reckless abandon, you just don't care. Phrasal verbs are being made up every day. All right, Apple the Frog. What's the difference between capture and screenshot? I mean, I guess if you're talking about capturing what's on the screen, it's the same thing as a screenshot, just... We just use capture. We use screenshot more than we do capture. Yeah. Like we have some little furry creatures in our backyard Mm -hmm. called groundhogs. And I need to capture them and move them to a different part of our city because they are digging up our grass. So capture can be used in more uh, places than just the computer. But Mm -hmm. screenshot, you could capture an image with a screenshot if that makes sense but on um on an apple computer on a mac you would use command shift and four to do a screenshot mm-hmm. i think yeah all right we've been at it for an hour and 10 minutes yeah what do you say we should uh, we should clean <laughs> we should go clean the house so maybe a couple a couple different ones um, stay here <laughs> you don't want to clean <laughs> Um, and your hair looks too nice to clean right now. So no cleaning today. Uh, what do you usually do if some of your students do not obey your rules? Are there any punishments for them? Uh, what are the punishment types? Hmm. There are a couple punishments. Uh, would you want me to go? I mean, I'm just, I'm a really strict teacher. I have really clear expectations and rules. Um, luckily in my class, I can have people sit out of activities that we're doing. Um, 
I send them out in the hall, just kind of take a break and then I have a conversation with them. Um, I took one class on a field trip, um, like a walking field trip. We went to a, a coffee shop, um, but I only took that class because they were really well behaved. And my next class was like, why are you not taking us? And I was like, because I don't trust you. So, I mean, I give certain privileges to kids. If you're a kid that I know that you're not going to get in trouble if you go somewhere or you tell me you want to do something, I just, uh, I just, I trust them more than other kids. I'm like, I can't trust you. So you have to stay put. So I'm, I'm super strict and I'm really, um, I think the kids know I don't play around. Yeah. There's always, if things get really bad, you know, they probably will get sent out of the room and sent to the principal's office. Maybe they'll get suspended. Maybe they have to stay home for a couple of days, but, um, I haven't had anything that bad this year. I actually have some students have to call their mother right there and t- explain to them why they're calling her. It's embarrassing. It works like a charm. Manuel, he's from Brazil. He said you look like a Giselle. <laughs> Thank nice. you. It's nice. All right. Uh, oh, Natalia, please teach her a hotel lesson in the short future. These are my favorite mm. ones. Good news. Jamie and I are going to be staying at a hotel in two days and I will do a lesson there. And I also have another one that I haven't released yet. I just have to edit. So uh, at least two are coming probably within a month. Yeah. One, one may be released this week. So Natalia, thank you so much. All right. Should we, we wrap it up right now? I think so. I'm sorry. I don't think we got to, Every single Hansa, I saw this one earlier. Please, could I ask you what is exactly a bachelor? The older single man? When you hear bachelor, what do you think of? It's just someone who's not married, uh, someone who doesn't have a girlfriend or a fiance. They're eligible to go on dates with someone. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think so. They can be old, young. I think um, a very famous bachelor at one time. Who do you think of when I say a famous bachelor that everyone might know? No. No. George Clooney. Oh yeah. Uh, for mm-hmm. a long time, George Clooney was known as like the most eligible bachelor. So they don't have to be old, but I don't know, thirties, maybe 20. I guess someone in their twenties could be called yeah. a bachelor. Yeah. Yeah. Just an unmarried man. Yeah. Oh, Miho, thank you. Loves the uh, hotel series. I love making. They're some of my favorite videos to make because you never know what could happen. I want one day, I want someone to come from the hotel and say, sir, please stop filming. I think that would make a great lesson. And I would stop filming, but at least uh, because they could ask me. Anything could happen on those hotel videos. And I mean, I might mess up. I can't edit it. So I might say something wrong. All right. Okay. Leela, uh, could you make a, a video about insurance stuff in the United States? That's a hard one. Mm. But yeah, mm. it's well, very tricky. A lot of vocabulary in, the, in both medical and auto insurance, yeah. life insurance. Yeah. It's a health insurance. Health is like, insurance. So, yeah. Mm. That would be a difficult one. Um, one we probably wouldn't have to research too much because we have had to get insurance throughout the years, but there are, yeah. yeah. 
car insurance, uh, liability versus collision mm-hmm. and policy, deductible, mm-hmm. maybe a live lesson one day. Yeah. yeah you could yeah. help, you could help me out. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you to Jamie for joining thank us. Thank you for having me. I mean, we fun. live together, but it's just so hard for us to, to plan a live lesson together. It's easier in the summer. Yeah. So thank you all for joining us today. And uh, thank you all, Maria. That's right, Maria. I could do a little interview with you. Maria's English is great. So she could be a guest Mm -hmm. for our insurance Mm -hmm. video. So Natalia, thank you for everyone. If I didn't get to your questions with Jamie, I am sorry. But James, thank you. I look like a nice person. I like that. I try to be. I try to be. I try it. Cecilia, thank you so much. Anya, Audie, you guys are the best. Thank you. Uh, it's great community here. Love seeing you in the Discord server, all that stuff. So any final, any final words before I hit end? Nope. Have a great rest of your weekend if you are still in the weekend where you are. And uh, yeah, take care of yourselves. Be good. Be kind. All right. Thank you. I got to say, adios, amigos.